Welcome to episode two of A Dad's Yarn. Uh, literally here, I'll just have a chat to a mate about being a dad and, and just see where it goes. Hopefully the guys that listened in, and the girls for that matter, that listened in last week, uh, enjoyed the day or enjoyed the episode. Uh, I'm here with a, another good mate of mine, Steve Monteghetti, a, a famous Ballarat icon. Uh, he's done a few podcasts in his journey where he feels very comfortable about talking about Olympics and running and long distance and marathons and so forth, but he's... I'm going to put him under the pump today. I'm going to ask him about being a dad. So let's see where that goes. But before we uh, go there, Mona, it's your birthday. It is my birthday today, yes. Happy birthday, thanks, mate. Thanks very much. Should, these are the things you do on your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Your I, uh, little did I know, little did I know uh, that it was your birthday. But I reckon, actually, I reckon I did visit you in hospital on my birthday one year. So right, so, pay, so this is return. This yes, is payback. Good, so no, that's you, fair. You're fair in the call, Fair so, call. Um, I was. No, appreciate you coming on board, mate. And um, like I said, uh, having a bit of a chat about you know, being a dad, you you got four kids. Mm-hmm. Tell us who they are and how old they are now. Yeah, so I used to tell a joke um, about when I'd speak at functions, I'd go, um, um, I've got four kids and Tanya's got five, meaning that I was the fifth kid but because of you know the way partners and marriage and all that sort of stuff now everyone would go oh so Tanya was married before and had to get no 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 it's not that complicated so I don't I don't tell a joke anymore so we do have um four children and uh, uh yeah so there Emma's the oldest 25 Laura 23 Matthew 19 and uh, Olivia 16 so Two girls, one boy, and then our youngest daughter as well, who's uh, still at home and at secondary school. So the other three are through the through the tunnel of secondary school school education. And it does remind me of a story. I've always got I've got a story for everything, but I remember um, not sure which one of the kids it was, but um, we took them to to um, kinder, and remember coming home and um, and and saying, "Oh wow, you know how's your day at kinder?" and um, I said, great, yeah, no, it was really, really, really had a lot of fun. And um, I said, uh, okay, what are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell them you're going to be doing this for the next 15 <laughs> years of your life. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, that was a school journey. Uh, Mona, obviously being an international athlete, you were uh, running all over the world, riding in the sweet spot of having kids, probably a big crossover there. How, how did you mm-hmm. manage... Um, obviously running and and competing and training and and being at the top level for such a long period of time but also having four kids in the process. I think it's interesting how you would think you'd sort of fit that in and you know I think um, you need the stability and no matter who who people see me as the famous internationally traveling distance runner at, at the end of the day you're still Steve Monaghetti, husband to Tanya, um, you know, and have family here. You know, I'm one of four kids who um, we're all Ballarat-based, so mum and dad. So I think that that family network is still the same. I was probably a little bit advanced in that, you know, I was travelling the world, so I didn't have the the nine-to-five job. So to some degree, it was just prioritising, really. So it was making sure that the family were 
number one priority. And whilst to be a, a successful international athlete, you need to be, I called it focused. Some people could say selfish or anal, but at the end of the day, I'm very good at being able to just maximising my efforts into specific areas of my life. So I'd run and run a couple of hours, and then when I came home, it was you know 100% focused on the family. So that's the way it worked. And for us, you know, Tanya obviously was the one who she was the glue that held all of us together, and the family unit revolved around her, and still does because I'm coming and going. So. You know, you tend to be able to understand that in the relationship we all need to understand our roles and have good communication and and it's worked out pretty well. And, you know, I, I probably travel more since I retired than I did when I was running because a lot of my training was based here in Ballarat. So I was home a lot. So I was around a lot to do the pickups and the drop-offs and, and be involved, you know. I was at most of the kids whatever you know the the book day or the or the parents day so it allowed me to be involved in a lot of those activities I just came and went a lot so I wasn't consistently here but when I was here I was here for long. So were there any times you know obviously throughout that training um, component where you really need to get a run in obviously like I said to put it up yeah you know, to compete at a high level was there any times when you were just about to walk out the door, your runners on, and you had you know, your kids pulling your legs saying, Dad, Dad, I want to throw the ball in the backyard, or Dad, Dad, I want you to stay? Were there any of those moments? Not really, to no. be honest. Okay. No, there was a lot of there was a lot of I sensed that this wasn't the time to go. You know, I, I sensed yeah. Tanya sort of thinking that, gee, can't you just miss this run, or you know, be really good? Why do you have to interrupt? So we're halfway. You know, I probably allowed, you know, I allowed an hour for some event or something to happen at you know at home or something and it and it's dragging on obviously yeah. and once the hour is up I've got to go yeah. so I'd go and I just sensed then that I, I felt that sort of family call of well I know you you you, you you feel like you have to go, but can't you just spend a bit of time here, you know, prioritising your family over meeting the guys or doing that run? But, um, yeah, I've got to say, they were unbelievably understanding. So I sensed it, but I never got got pressured by Tanya or the kids at any stage. I mean, it was... For me, it was more... I never got... I never got pressured and the family's been fantastic supporters along the way. It was almost the other way where when I was away... I was feeling like I was missing out yeah. or I'd ring up on the phone and talk and, you know, Tanya would go, oh, you know, today Emma did this at school or Matthew ran the school sports, you know, when he finished 30. And you, then I was feeling like, well, I've missed out. But you just got to, you know, you got to deal with it and you talk about it and you say, great, well done, well done, Maddie. And you don't, you just move on. But then when you hang up, you kind of think, well, geez, I'd rather be at home. But... You can't have it both ways. You can't be at home and an international athlete. So you just you learn to just deal with it within within your own ways. But there are lonely times when you're overseas. I don't think people quite understand. You know, flying around the world, staying in beautiful hotels sounds like it's a fantastic lifestyle. But all you're doing is sitting in your lying on your bed, looking at the ceiling, wishing you were home. Were any times? Were any times we're at that phase? Like you said, you're probably in a hotel room in Berlin, and you just got off, your, off the phone to your wife, Tanya, about your kids walking for the first time or, or achieving something at school. Were there any times you had where you just go, look, I'm going to throw it all in because I want to be around for that? Yeah, no, and that's where they would never. I think there was an understanding that 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 you know that. I, 
whilst I was missing out on those opportunities, I was providing so so much more. Um, you know, the enjoyment when I then did get home and, and the family would be involved in the celebrations and um, revel in the in the journey. So whilst it was difficult in those lonely times, when the actual success came along and, you know, I'd get the family to fly over, they'd often fly in the day before an event or then we'd have a holiday after a major race to be very inclusive. So they had something to look forward to as well. So whilst... I was running and they understood that, okay, I run hard, I get the benefits out of that, then allowing the family to have a holiday or um, enjoy the, the, that success as well. So the payback was, whilst it sounds strange, there was something in it for them as well. Yeah. So I think you know, having that um, balance was always important and worked really well. I think, I think a lot of dads out there can relate. Um, and I had, had the uh, experience this morning of my little fella waking up probably 15 minutes before I had to leave to go to work and he was waking up, I gave him some breakfast and he wanted to play cricket and you know, I had to go and I was, I was probably running a little bit late as it was and um, I suppose a lot of dads can relate to that, you know, that, that, that value confliction I suppose between wanting to spend time and be around with your kids but that um, obligation of uh, providing for your family and, and that's always going to be a balance that is never a never perfect line. No, and interestingly, and, and I've kind of given that whole rambling answer was from my perspective. I'll give you an exact example and this is one of the reasons that I retired. So I retired at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. My body was starting to give you, I sensed personally I knew I was near the end of the road and it was going to get hard for my body to continue to absorb the training anyway. I was 37 so it was a good time to retire but to qualify for um, the Sydney Olympics I went to the London Marathon and I remember we're packing our bags and um, getting ready, zipping up the case and I'm, I'm talking to Emma and um, so Emma was five at the time and 1999 and um, said wow it's going to be fantastic you know wow aren't you excited we're going over to London you know it's going to be terrific and she said actually dad I'm going to miss seeing my kinder friends there and I are. thought wow really god I'm, I'm taking you to London for god's sake you know most people in the world and then I suddenly thought no actually to to Emma, London's just some unknown place on the other side of the world. She didn't care or have any interest. Her world revolved around her environment of being at kinder and being with her friends. And it really put it into perspective for me. What I saw as important for us as a family wasn't often the case. So that was, you know, that was a time for me to start giving a bit of time to Emma and, and to our family. And that's what happened. I retired and here we are. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, mate. You know, kids have got very simple minds. You know, it doesn't matter what job you have or or how much you earn. Kids at a young age don't don't know that. They just see what's in front of them and, and they want to spend time with with, with dad. You know, and, and 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 want dad to be around. Now, obviously, like I said before, there's got to be a balance with that. Um, you know, I'm going through it at the minute. You know, I'm a bit time poor. I've got you know quite a quite a hectic job, I'm coaching a local footy side, um, obviously I'd like to keep myself fit as well um, and obviously yeah, family's got to go to the top of that list but at, at times you've got to sacrifice so you just got to make every every moment count I suppose and when you do spend time with them um, and that's important kids. and that's the key I think Wadey is that when you are with your kids don't be thinking oh this is an imposition, how lucky are my kids gee, I wish I was off with my mates running a lap of the lake. Be in the moment, because at that moment, you are the most important thing in that in your kids' or your children's lives, and they deserve that. And you should, you should 
do that because it's a fantastic experience. How often, you know, how many times are you going to get a, a person whose 100% attention and love is being shown to you? So you should respect that and give them 100% of your attention. So be in the moment when you're with your, your, your children or your family because that's the crucial thing. It's not, again, we've spoken in the past about time management. It's not about how long. It, it's, it's You're better spending half an hour of quality time than five hours of wasted time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other side of things too, we've both spent time with people who uh, walk through life ticking boxes and, like I said, not actually be in the moment, be present. They tick a box and say, okay, spent time with the kids, going to work, exercised, tick, 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 tick. Um, they're generally the people that look back 10, 20 years down the track and go, oh, I shouldn't have done this or I should have worked um, a little bit smarter or should have spent more time with my kids and so forth. So um, that's something that it's a challenge every day. You know, it's not like, you know, and you, you would have went through it and you probably still go through it and I've got to remind myself every day not to just walk through life ticking boxes. It's about being present in the moment, like you said. Yeah, and, and I think asking the questions, because obviously in my circumstance, a lot of people want to uh, want to want to ask me questions, you know. So I, I spend most of my life giving advice or answering a question. So when you're with your children or even teenager, my, my kids now, you know, they're older, but it, it's having an intelligent conversation and listening. So it's not about wow, how lucky are, are my kids to be getting all this information. I've been given information out for eight hours today. Now my kids get to spend an hour with me. How lucky are they to get all that information that I'm going to offload on them? So a lot of the time is actually listening and I, I speak to my kids a bit um, hands-free driving home from the airport of Melbourne. I do a lot of interstate travel and I do try to actually listen. So I don't tell them about, oh, geez, you know, how I'm flying home, you know, I've just come back, wow, I've had a busy few days, I've been, you know, in meetings, God, I just couldn't hardly fit a run in, I'm bits, no, no, no. Ask the kids, it's not about me, it's about them, so get on to that stuff. So I think um, that's the other thing is try and be a really good listener. Whilst you think, gee, I've only got half an hour with my kids, I need to really maximise this, I'm going to really tell them about my day and about me and give them this information and tell them that, you know, this is what life's about. Half the time you should be just sitting back, absorbing the conversation and mixing, you know, sharing that experience, not not feeling like you've got to provide information. And I've got to draw that line because because of who I am, people ask me for advice and sort of respect my opinion. But you can't you can't be like that with your kids a lot of the time. They they might ask me for advice, but don't give it. I, as you were talking, then my was... Um Obviously listening, <laughs> yes. but I was also trying to find a quote uh, that, that my wife tagged in the other day. And it was about when kids get home, they don't say, "Oh, geez, I'm tired. I've had a had a busy day." They get home and say, "Let's play." Yeah, you know that that's it. That's the way they see the world. And like you said, it's it's not about trying to, I suppose bring your day or push your day over onto them. Whether you've had a good day or a bad day and you walk through the door, they don't know that. Yeah, you've still got to give them your best because they deserve your best. And, you, and they will be they will be dictated by your mood. So you, obviously kids are great imitators. So if you come home every day and you're tired and worn out and you collapse on the couch and every time they throw the, the tennis ball at you, it hits you in the head and you sort of roll it back because you're stuffed... That's going to reflect. I can tell you, in in a month's time, they'll be doing that at kinder with their mates or at school, because that's just that we are so there's such great absorbers of of us as examples that they'll take that on board. So try and try and be aware of that. So 
you know, I think we've spoken it before about an awareness, and you need to be aware when you're. That's the quality time that you're spending with your family and your kids and your wife is when your awareness is at its optimum. And I think there's a there's a balance to that too, Mona. And uh, uh, you know, over the years, mate, we've unpacked that many theories uh, <laughs> over, over coffees. Uh, it'd be uh, countless. But uh, one of the theories that that I'm sort of uh, playing around with at the minute is. I think a lot of parents, when they have kids, um, give up their identity for their kids, but the, the kids take the identity of their parents. Now, if the parents have got nothing to strive for and, and, and not be a role model, well, then the kids can feel a little bit lost. So I think it's a balance between obviously spending time with your kids and making sure you're around and present, but still having a direction in your own life for your kids to follow. So um, we were forced a bit to do that, interestingly, because, I mean, Emma was on a plane at three months because yep. I was at the Commonwealth Games. So we luckily she was a really good baby. But we've tried with our kids to sort of not I don't want to say let the kids lead your life we've tried not to compromise our lifestyle as much we've tried to let the kids sort of absorb our lifestyle which is interesting and you know our kids we haven't had any major health issues or so we haven't it's not like we couldn't do that so we've always taken them to things and tried to get them into not our lifestyle but to get them probably um, you know normalize things as quickly as we could on the journey which is, sort of goes back to your point of you know we didn't lock ourselves up in in our house and say right oh, we have to be 100% focused on spending all day with with our kids we tr- tried to be open in our environment and we often took them out of school to to go away to to trips and you know we think well imagine the education learnings they're missing out on but shit look at the learnings yeah. that they're getting by just being worldly and exposed so you know we made the decision to do that quite regularly um, I do have to tell one story before uh, in case I you know get to it or we because you know I love a chat but um, I'm actually whilst I am uh, you know I'm proud of being a father I must say one of the great disappointments of my life was I actually missed my first father's day so I was I was in America I was flying back from America we crossed the date line yep. I skipped the date so my first Father's Day as an official father, it never not existed. Happen. So wow. there you go. I reckon, so I reckon, don't reckon people could tell. That's not a no, story no. many people could tell, is it? You might be, you might be alone in that one. I haven't heard that one before at all. So, no. well, my, um, and again, coming back, my daughter still, she she had Father's Day, just not with her father, <laughs> but I missed it. She still got it, but I missed it. Hey, uh, I've got two questions for you, and then one leads into the next. When you guys are pregnant with uh, with Emmy at first, mm-hmm. did you have any concerns that the child would impact your performance uh, in, the, in the pregnancy phase, not not when she arrived? No, probably not, because we'd been trying to have kids for a little while. Yeah. So we'd been married for um, so it was five years before uh, we were married in eighty nine, end of eighty nine, and Emma was born early ninety four. So in five years not saying we're trying for that amount of time but we'd had probably a little bit of trouble along the journey so we're excited so I because of the the journey we've been on that Tanya and I shared and we've been open and about what we how it was going and all that sort of stuff so it was less about what impact it would have it was more interestingly we were trying to use I've got to put this the right way <laughs> for public consumption but we're trying to get factors that work so you know try to get me to 
run a little bit less, so I was less tired, and it, for Tanya, uh, the timing of um, her ovulation, so those sorts of pregnant. things, so you were trying to get yeah, pregnant. Right. So that probably had more of an impact than once she was pregnant, then we were excited, and, it, and, and so so we could probably, we could plan out, you know, so it actually unfolded quite naturally then, so it was pre, before, right. so the planning, and the, not the interruption, but the, you know, we just had to work on things, because we are having a little bit of trouble at the time. Yeah. And the second part of that question was, or is, did having one or any of your kids ever impact your performance, be it a lack of sleep... <laughs> Um, distraction, um, inability to think clearly. Any time in your career, did it impact your performance? Wow, that's that's um, that's a good question. Um, oh God, I'm, I'm sure it did, but I can't I can't particularly remember. I remember Laura had a little bit of um, I think she had colic, not croup. I think it was colic. So. Um, so having a bit of trouble just getting good night's sleep. So I, I think that um, I then real and I think mostly um, Tanya took responsibility for um, being around the kids and, and, and looking after them. So it was when something happened that affected Tanya that affected me. So it was less directly child related because you know I think you can deal with with your kids issues sort of face on you know it's a bit like um it's a bit like it's inter- uh, this is a bad analogy but you know so time to change a nappy and I could change it and it'd be changed and I'd, I'd be in control of that and I'd be done and and you don't have to worry about it anymore but if you're then waiting for Tanya to change it or your partner to change it it's out of your control so mm. you kind of go why isn't your partner changing the nappy so it's not a great analogy but you know I think Sometimes it's the it's the subliminal effect on either of you as a partner on what that child, how that child's affecting your relationship. It's less you and the child, yep. and I've found that more so. So it's interesting that you know I maybe I've got back from a run, you know, and I've had a great run. I've had a great. It's been a beautiful day out in the forest. It's been the best run I've ever had. And I get back and I walk in and you know. I had a great run. But, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to be telling my wife how good that run was because I'm sensing it's not a good time. And you're right. It, no words need to be spoken. You just get that vibe, don't you? Just get that energy. As soon as you walk in that front door, you know what sort of day your wife's had with your kids. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you've got to read that. And, you know, and again, you know, and it's, I'm hoping this isn't coming across as sort of sexist. You know, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm a great dad. I love being a dad and husband. But um, Tanya's the rock around which our family has operated. And whilst I've flitted in and flitted out, I think the combination... We understand, and it's not like... I've gone missing. It's just the way that our situation has been, being the person that I am. So I think um, we've got around, and I'm, I reckon our relationship is actually stronger because of the, the way our situation's unfolded. So when I'm here, you know, I had to be in the moment, and Tanya would know it's hard. Sometimes, you know, I don't want to go, but unfortunately, I had to go, and sometimes being forced to go makes the relationship stronger, because you're not around and, you know, arguing, you know, I was coming and going so much that it was quality time more than quantity. 
That's interesting. Do you think? Uh, do you think in your case that you had a pre, I suppose, a pre-child arrangement between yourself and Tanya that you were forced to because you're an elite, elite athlete and you're off training and running all over the world? Yeah, you were forced to have that conversation and that arrangement around your responsibilities and Tanya's responsibilities early. Yeah. Do you think that has helped you guys? And and the reason and what I say that to follow on from this is. I think a lot of couples don't have that conversation. They have the conversation at the wrong end of the vent when they're in the nitty-gritty of changing nappies, sleepless nights, you know, what's your role? I know myself, and, and I'm sure a lot of dads out there would agree that our relationship, my relationship with, with my wife, Kirsty, is at its peak when we, when we have equal appreciation for each other's roles. Yeah. I mean, I can't... Between Monday and Friday, I can't be home and all day, every day, changing nappies and looking after our kids. Yeah. I've got to go to work to provide my family. And when my wife appreciates that, and I appreciate exactly the same back her way for looking after the kids, I think that's when we're at our optimum. Which is interesting because your words were equal appreciation. It's not equal sharing of the roles, no. which I think can, can be very difficult at times. Yeah. And I think probably because I was a public figure in the 90s, you know, having to go off and run for Australia and, and so Tanya the contract was always almost pre-signed because you know I'm not going to get up in front of Tanya I'm going to say I'm going to put my arm around Tanya and go well we're here today to announce that you know I can't go to the Olympics in in 1992 because of Tanya and I have agreed I'm going to stay home and change yeah. nappies I mean it was never going to happen yeah. so so for us it was predetermined but Tanya still had to be comfortable with that and it's compromised her personal, you know, work situation, but I'm sure, you know, she has enjoyed the way that the the role has played out with us and as I say I'm probably the the typical, you know, dad comes and goes, shies away from the responsibility of the day-to-day looking after the kids. So I'm kind of old school, but it was forced upon me because of the nature of my occupation at the time. As we can often do, Mona, we can talk and talk forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be remiss of me not to mention your greatest achievement throughout your whole career. I'm not talking about Commonwealth Games medals. I'm not talking about Olympic Games. I'm not talking about Chef de Mission. I'm not talking about World Championships. I'm talking about your Victorian Father of the Year <laughs> Award. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that, again, um, I'm, I was a little bit surprised when, um, when that phone call came through. And, um, of course, you, you accept that. Uh, I, and, and I use it a lot because it's it's kind of um, you know it's it's one of those things that, that everyone thinks I was I haven't been a good father to be honest. So I said, well, mate, I must have been a rock because I was Victoria Father of the Year. Um, interestingly, I think it was because it was in um, 2006, and it was on the back of me being the mayor of the village for the Melbourne Commonwealth Games, where I was a father figure to mm. 7,000 athletes who were in the village. So I think it was more a father in the in the loose terminology of, you know, doing a, a, a good role uh, in that aspect. Um, but I must say, one of the things, for 12 months, it was almost like a... Um, and, uh, difficult situation because whenever I wanted to discipline the kids or give them a hard time or not be a nice dad, they'd kind of go, well, we're just going to ring up that buddy, you know, the organisers and say, no, he's not a very good dad, he told us he's for... So I was being blackmailed. So they use that card. They use that card. Well done. So you brought up really smart children, Mona. Yeah, they're on to that one. So, um, but no, it was obviously, it's a great honour and 
you know, they're, they're, I, I think in those days as well, I'm not, not downplaying it, but they like to have well-known people because it brought recognition mm. and attention to fathers and, you know, that was my role then for 12 months to, to give credit to the role that fathers play. Now it's become a lot more... Um, it's given to a person who is a real, really good father. You know, might have adopted kids and, and really a great community person. So I'm honoured to have been in the early um, phases of it, but it's um, it's a terrific accolade. And it's a really worthy award. Some of those awards are token. This one's a really genuine one. And, I, you know, I try to get along each year to the announcement and support the person that's um, taken the mantle for the next 12 months. Just a couple more things, Mom, before we part, mate. It's been a fantastic chat, as always. Did you ever... Th- Feel you had to protect your kids. Obviously, being a, a celebrity and in the in the public uh, public face all the time. Was there any times you, you, you felt one you had to protect them from, say, the media, and two, did you, did you feel that they did they ever feel, I suppose, pressured to live up to a, a, having a famous father? Oh, they certainly felt pressured, yeah. especially you know our son Matthew. Unfortunately, mm. we've only had one son, and so the Monaghetti name. It's not like it's Smith Jones. You know, it's quite a distinguished, no, or, uh, you know, un missable name so there was always that expectation and I remember Emma you know at the school sports at primary school a parent I'm waiting at the finish line when they've finished their first race and a parent coming up and going oh god you know how unlucky is my daughter you know she's in the heat against your daughter Emma you know so there was already yeah, she hadn't yeah, even ran before yeah, she yeah. wasn't a sprinter she's you know she's great person but you wouldn't think she's going to be a great athlete in prep or whatever it was so I understood then that there was going to be this expectation on them but they've dealt with it unbelievably well with real maturity and um, never really change. You know, there's obviously um, impacts on um, on our life. You know, I'm out, we're out somewhere and quality times, you know, it might be, it's my birthday today, but it could be the kid's birthday. We go out, someone comes up and chews my ear off for half an hour and wants me to take a selfie or something. And so interrupting that family time, that's been a real compromise. Um, but that's what you get for, you know, the the person that I am and they've grown. All of the kids have been born into that, so they're mm. not surprised about it. Do I feel like I've had to protect them? Well, I've always been open with the media and the public, and so I think the kids have seen that. And, and to be honest, that's been reflected back to me. So yeah. they've never really been put in a compromising position. I've never really felt like I've needed to... Um, say no I can't do that I need to look after my kids so they've kind of come along on the journey with me and you know if, you, if you're open and transparent I often feel like people respect that and I've got that in return so it's so yeah it's been a, I think the kids would all think it's they're all pretty shy quiet kids to be honest which is interesting out of you know where, where probably a bit I like yourself I think a lot of people probably who don't know you personally um, don't realise you're quite a you're quite a reserved person aren't you yeah yeah pretty I was a really shy quiet kid when I was growing up and our kids have certainly and Tanya's fairly shy you wouldn't think so now yeah, yeah. Tanya's, Tanya's great now there and has a good time so hopefully you know that's just um hopefully the worldly experiences that we've given them they will also be able to um, shine as they mature last one Mona, before we part ways you three out of your four kids are now into adulthood albeit mm-hmm. young adulthood mm-hmm. uh, how, how does your role as a father now change um as they move into the early adulthood and start to carve their own path and and create their own lives and so forth. What's what's your role with them now? Well, I'd say give you an example. So instead of the, the cards today, it's not to daddy, it's dad or Steve. So that's all, that's changed. But it's certainly, I actually, I really love it now because I feel like it's, um, 
we have really adult conversations and you know I go to I talk more about me you know I love my music I have a really strong bond with Emma and Matthew over music and Laura and Olivia are a more commercial radio music lovers so we have a bit of arguments so I have really good conversations with our children I have far deeper and meaningful conversations with our kids now than I ever have I'm really enjoying the maturity in our relationships with the kids now and and you know I'm I'm having conversations with our kids where I'm learning a lot of stuff and it's just terrific to see them get to the stage where I know my couple of my kids are more intelligent than I ever was. I know my kids are more musical and artistic than I am. It's, it, it's, it's moderating, but it's also really invigorating at the same time. Probably the most profound thing I saw today uh, was, I just jumped on your, uh, your Facebook page after I realised it was your birthday. Uh, and uh, I saw Matt, who's 18, 19 now, he wrote, happy birthday, mate, to you for yeah. your birthday. Now, if my two boys uh, in 16, 17 years do that to me, yeah, that's success. I don't need anything else. So, no. mate, that's a credit to you. Yeah, uh, thanks. And he also did put a photo on where he's ahead of me in one of the runs, which I wasn't very happy with. So I'm going to have to reverse <laughs> that around. No, and that's that's that maturity, maturing of the relationship, and it's you know it's a bloody delightful time in your life. Mona, as always, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, is there anything else uh, you want to part ways with the listeners about? Obviously, keep it short. Yeah, no, I think um, you know, dads play. We often, you know, we we often get the 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 bum rap in a relationship sometimes. So you know, I think it's we we all play an important role, and the roles change a lot in my in in my growth from what my dad. Um, his role compared to what we are now the sharing of roles and responsibilities but I tell you what you know your kids there is no more important asset in the world than your kids and your family and they will grow and they'll be so affected by the time that you spend with them so make sure it's quality time great message to finish Mona thanks again mate happy birthday thanks mate a couple of beers tonight um, maybe a bottle of red, I reckon's a chance. Yeah, yeah not one of those over. Mate, we'll catch up for a coffee uh, or a beer between um, now and your next function, which is your 30th wedding anniversary coming up. Correct. Correct. Mate, we'll, we'll catch up in the next couple of weeks. Look forward to it. And I'll see you that night. Uh, episode 2, Done of a Dad's Yarn. Uh, you can find it on Podbean. You also find it on Apple Podcasts. I'll push it, push it out through social. Uh, but spread the word. You know, dads, mums, um, grandmothers, grandfathers, everyone in between. Spread the word. I'm enjoying doing this. And like I said, just catching up with a mate and just talking about being a dad. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. You know I'm gonna be like you And the cats in the cradle and the shoes Little boy